TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Careers Unplugged, the weekly show connecting you to secrets of career success. Careers Unplugged is hosted by Rich Sayer and Stu Hayes and proudly sponsored by the Master of Me coaching program. If you feel being happy, committed, and passionate about your career is important, you are in the right place. My name's Rich Sayer, and I'm here with the fabulous co-founder of Careers Unplugged, Make It Big Training, and the Master of Me coaching program, Stuart Hayes. Stewie, g'day, g'day. G'day, Rich. How's things? I'm well. That sounds so, so Australian of you. G'day. g'day. Uh, I'm, well. I'm well, thank you for asking, and uh, I'm excited about having a, a very interesting guest on the show. Well, as am I. Um, in fact, I reckon, why don't I just introduce our guest? How's that sound? I, I would reckon you should. <laughs> well, mate, it's time to buckle up because today's guest is not only an award-winning author and a Logie-nominated television personality, but she has a fifth Dan Taekwondo black belt and has had more than 15 national titles. But besides all that, she is absolutely and without any doubt Australia's most famous ninja. That's a cool job description, isn't it? I want that on my business card. You know, rich, famous ninja. Or rich corporate ninja or entertainment ninja. It doesn't really matter. I just want the word ninja on there now. I've kind of got ninja envy. Keep going with the intro anyway. Keep going. Well, our guest is, is passionate about health and she is clearly passionate about something else that deeply resonates with me and that is helping kids to make great choices in life. She's the writer of White Ninja, Red Samurai, and more recently, Black Warrior, amongst other novels, and there's more on the way. And I, for one, am very much looking forward to asking her about how all of that stuff got tied together to create such a rich and fascinating career. Without further ado, Tiffany Hall, welcome to Careers Unplugged. Hello, thank you for having me. Tiff, that's, uh, that's a big rap, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and, it is. And uh, I got a bit embarrassed because I do have Ninja on my business card. Uh, of, course, of course you do. <laughs> it's the, you know, it's not bragging if it's true. No, and you know what? People often take the business card and then they like treat me with a little bit more respect. So <laughs> That's because you can kick their butt. Yeah, and, true. and they know. I just it. have Google's logo on my business card with a search box that says Google Stuart Hayes Leadership. There you go. I'm feeling lucky. I've got a cartoon character of my little bald head. But anyway, what was, the f- what was your first job? I mean, you didn't sort of go through school going, yeah, ninja. No. First job's going to be a ninja. Yep. No. Oh, my first job was working in the family business, which yep. is a, a martial arts school, taekwondo school. Very, it was very small back then. Mm-hmm. And my job was to clean the center on Saturdays. And then I was upgraded by the time I was about 15 to assistant instructing and taking birthday parties, which was a brilliant idea by my father to copy my <laughs> And we'd have kids come into the dojo and we'd, you know, teach them some martial arts, break wood, have fun, play ninja games. And then I would cook them all this really unhealthy food and feed them party food. I so it was like children's <laughs> party entertainer, which... It was a weird first job, but so much fun and sort of instilled my love for working with kids and, you know, something I still do today. I have to ask the question because it's just, it's just come to me, the imagery, you know, of, uh, of a there. very young Tiffany cleaning, <laughs> cleaning the dojo, 
Is yeah. was it Miyagi style? You know, <laughs> like like down on hands and knees with masking tape, picking up oh. fluff, going fluff on, fluff off. You know, was there anything like that, or did you just get the vacuum out and vacuum it? And- it was it was very. It had to be perfect because my father was very strict. Yeah. Um, but. I was cleaning in my Taekwondo uniform in my whites. I love it. So, um, you know, it was a bit funny, I guess. But I was actually thinking, Rich, that you're going to go somewhere else with that question was, you know, you, know, you, you shake a child up um, with physical activity, feed him full of lollies and stuff, and what's going to come out next was where yeah. I thought you were going to go. No, no, no. I, I, was, I was still, but thank you for that imagery. I, I, was, I was still on the Miyagi wax on yeah. anyway so tiff cranking back to you know that that era you've you've mm. you've now the host of uh, birthday parties is 16 i know uh, assistant instructor <laughs> what what's the goals have that's um, starting to emerge for you well the goals from very early age like i think it goes back to year five you know 10 or 11 mm. i wanted to be a writer i wanted to write stories and i met my mentor and okay. I, that was John Marsden, the yep. prolific Australian author, and he was an English teacher at my school. So I just, I just loved writing so much. But um, I, I knew that the path would be difficult because you know it, it, I didn't know how to earn money writing books and getting published. It's something like one percent of people who submit mm. manuscripts are published. So I knew it was a long shot. But I definitely was committed and was writing books even then and teaching Taekwondo on the side as just a passion and a love. And it was later on that I realized, you know what, I can try and make money out of Taekwondo and being a ninja and maybe try and do some telly stuff and, and, and build an audience through health and fitness that might translate to fiction later on. And, okay. and you had that concept at how old? At 16, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to somehow work in health and fitness to support my writing. And it's unfolded pretty much exactly that yeah. way. Yeah, and, and look, when I was 16, um, I met with my careers counsellor and I said, I want to be an author. And she was like, <laughs> like fries with that, um, inferring I'd end up working at Macca's. Like that wasn't a real job. It was a hobby. You know, no one goes out, you know, to be an author. And I had to get a tertiary education. And, um, you know, I, I so she said, your only option is to be a journalist. And I needed an, an ATAR score of 98.75. So that was my first hurdle at school to get the high, high marks to study journalism and writing at Melbourne Uni, which I eventually did. I just studied, studied, studied and approached my studies like I was surrounded by many Olympians at the time. My dad was an Olympic coach and it was around about the time of the 2000 Olympics. So um, Lauren Burns was at a club training very hard and she eventually won gold. But they had many strategies that they taught me that I applied to my studies and I still use with my writing and goal setting today, you know, things like visualization and positive self-talk. And those strategies really helped me through year 11 and year 12 to get the marks for that first step of studying writing and journalism and going into the media and starting, you know, to build my career um, through through that. Again, you know, my mind wanders, you know, I'm just seeing you with the career counselling lady and she's going, oh, journalist, that's not a real, I mean, yeah. a writer, that's not a real job, you know. And you go, do I need to remind you I'm a, I'm a black belt? Oh, and you... <laughs> <laughs> I never pulled out that card. Yeah, yeah, you were like the Chuck Norris, you know, uh, Bruce Lee thing where he rips Chuck Norris's chest hair off his chest oh, and God. blows it back in his face. You know, I could just see you messing up this I career. I don't intimidating <laughs> at all. <laughs> so, 
So, you know, you obviously had the discipline even from back then and you don't yeah. get to achieve what you have in, in many aspects of your career yeah. now without discipline. How does that manifest in your goal setting and, and priority setting um, in your early career? Discipline. Yeah. Well, discipline is all I had, I think. And, um, you know, instilled by my father and my mother, both black belts in Taekwondo, martial arts and um and even now when I talk to kids at schools, I say, you know, it's not about talent. It's about grit. You've got to be gritty. And I think that, you know, maybe I wasn't the smartest and I may not be the most talented, but I am the most disciplined and grittiest individual, I believe. And um, now it helps me so much because um, when you have deadlines, especially with books and you work for yourself, you have to create those deadlines and you have to meet them and um, respect them and, um so I guess discipline is so important to be an author um, and I, I wouldn't be here today without that as well as the physical discipline of training and, you know, times in my life where I've had to be in my physical peak, um, for example, my first TV role when I was a gladiator, um, you know, I had to work very, very hard physically, uh, eat the right stuff, you know, move the right way, hydrate, all that. So, um, you know, it's been... Early on, I mean, you, you've, you've formed your... You, you identified the direction you wanted to follow in life at a young age. Yeah. And, and you had discipline and you, um, you were exposed to Olympians and some yeah. of the things you mentioned that they helped you with, you know, visualizing, goal setting, etc. Mm -hmm. Did you find, though, that it, it, you went off target sometimes? M many times. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think... I, I tried so hard to, I guess, um, follow the dream of being a writer, but the more I did that in terms of being successful and building my fitness profile, I was moving away from that because literary agents weren't seeing me as a writer. They were seeing me as, you know, a trainer or a dumb personal trainer or, you know, a dumb TV celebrity or something like that. So, so your personal branding was not aligned to sort help of you? target a little bit whereas I thought the more popular I became the more of a, an audience I was building the more attractive I would become to publishers and I was writing all the time and my goal was simply to attract a publisher and I my first book was published in 2008 and I have um, three health books out and a cookbook so the health books came first and really cemented me as sort of one of the top trainers in Australia and that was fantastic but then to to move into children's fiction people were like what um, and and it was sort of changing the perspective and and it was very difficult so that that has been the greatest challenge to date and the reason I left The Biggest Loser after three years because whilst I loved working on that show and it was I found it very empowering and um you know uh, just very rewarding at the end of the day, I felt that I was being branded too much of a trainer and, and I really wanted to commit to my writing. Well, you felt like it, you'd be typecast yeah. as that chick from that show during I, that period. Absolutely, yeah. Yep, yep. How, how did you um, make or identify what you needed to do to sort of position yourself and rebrand did you have mentors or people around you or did you sort of just oh, nut it out just trial and error all my mentors are in the fitness industry and things like that so i had to sit down and 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 reconnect with the writing community with literary people sort of surround myself in a different um well community and then 
I guess I just had to start with my website and, um, you know, not taking any more TV training roles and, <laughs> and really watching what I did in the media. Um, and it was a bit of trial and error. And now I've found a nice balance where I'm working with kids in, in schools with anti-bullying programs um, because my, my novels have quite a strong anti-bullying message and I still work in fitness sort of in a, a coaching, nutritional coaching way um, and still teach martial arts, but it is all very much uh, still Taekwondo martial arts and the branding of ninja opposed from gyms, training, fitspo, that sort of stuff. You know, looking at that, how does that reflecting what, what else has happened in your life, you know, that sort of journey of, of having to rebrand, you know, change communities, you know, a lot of people talk about being authentic to themselves, but you sort of had to say, well, you know, I am authentic to myself, I guess. Um, yeah. I want to be an author as well as this person who's passionate about fitness. Yeah, that's it. It sort of felt like I made a mistake, I think, because I, I gave I gave away the TV training um, fitness trainer role and gave it up completely for a year and was like, I'm just going to write. Um, and felt like that was being authentic and true to myself. But then I realized that I have multiple passions and that that's okay too. It's okay to be many things and to, to conquer stereotypes. And, you know, when I was younger and I'd go, <laughs> go to a Taekwondo competition with a matching ribbon in my hair that matched my belt. Like if I was a red belt, I'd have a red ribbon or, you know, blue belt, blue ribbon. <laughs> I, you know, I was always very girly and people would be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to wipe the floor with her. But then I'd fight back. And I've always had to conquer stereotypes. And at school, you know, being a dumb blonde, girls used to tease me about that. And I, so I worked really hard to be smart. And then I was a trainer and then I, you know, no, I want to be a writer. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I just learned not to care what people think and to just be passionate about my passions, to, to, to um, follow them like a compass in my life so that then I never get lost and, um, and to rely on grit and determination and discipline as the backbone. Um, my, my fiance said to me early on, you know, if you've got something to fall back on, you'll always fall back on it. And it was sort of like I was hiding in the fitness industry, I think. I wasn't, I wasn't ready to put my fiction out there. Or, and, and it just takes courage and risk sometimes. There's a book called Turning Pro by Stephen Pressfield. Have you heard of that book? No. Oh, check it out. You'll really, really like it. It's a short book. You can read it in like an hour. It actually, he talks very much about what you've just said there, which is hiding behind your shadow self. Oh, and, that's and, and uh, you know, he's a writer. Yeah. Uh, but he drove trucks for like 10 years and he had his old typewriter hidden behind the truck seat, you know, and he was hiding and, and you know, there are many successful people out there in careers, you know, that, that they're in inverted commas successful at, whether that's, you know, doctors, professional careers or, or, or in any, any walk of life, but they're actually hiding from their true selves or their true passion, their yeah. true calling. And so therefore they're not professional. Yeah. Even though they might be a pro at what their their shadow life, you know, um, it's a great book actually. I'll I'll send you some details on it. Yeah, that's really good. And I think many, in many ways I was sort of hiding in my dobok, you know, the white taekwondo uniform. When I put it on, I felt so comfortable and just in the zone. And and so now when I take that off and I, I'm an author, it's sort of yeah, it, it's scary, but it's good because it's challenging, and I feel like I'm I'm growing as a person. So what would you describe as your biggest break? Uh, my biggest break was getting my literary agent, I think, 
Um, I had to, I sent out many, many, many samples of writing to so many people and I had something like 70 rejections. But um, I was really determined to be signed with Curtis Brown, one of the best literary agents in Australia. Mm -hmm. And um, at first... I was turned away because I was a gladiator and on TV and in Lycra and they were like, no, 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 not at all. But then I sent them a sample and I was lucky enough that they read it and they signed me on the spot. And I think that was the biggest break because once you have a literary agent who, who believes in you, mm-hmm. um, then the publishing deal came something four or five years later. But um, I think that was my greatest break, having someone believe in my writing. So... To get to that point, though, you had to have massive belief in yourself. To... Yeah, yeah, I really did believe that I could do it, and I loved my stories, and I, I loved sharing stories, and I loved reading stories to kids. I loved working with kids, um, and I just wanted this life where I could work with children, empower kids, and be part of their childhood with fantastic stories. Oh, that sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, during that time, though, you, you know, you, it staggers me that you know, the journey was four or five years after yeah. you got an agent. You know. Yeah, yeah, you talked yeah. about how you felt um, at times you went off target. Did, were there any dark times during that, that period? Absolutely. There were times where I just went back to teaching Taekwondo full-time and I felt like a complete loser, like I had just, like I would never escape the family business. And So um, you've left television, you've done everything and now you're back teaching taekwondo yeah i had i had worked in television from like you know 2008 on and off like little morning shows bits here show guest spots there it was always on and off but it wasn't that massive prime time Mm. gig you know and and so i would always end up in between working in the family business which i love and it's very successful now and i just i'm so proud of it but I felt like I wanted to do my own thing. You know, I wanted to take the uniform off and be my own person. And I tried so hard with my writing, but um, I just felt like it was never going to happen. But, uh, you know, it, it's difficult and you just can't give up. You just can't give up. What kept and, you going? Um, my dad always said to me that there's no such thing as an overnight success that behind every overnight success is 10 years of hard work and training. Mm. Um, And I just thought I've got to put my 10 years in. He always talked about the 10,000 hours to perfect a skill. And in Taekwondo, (laughs) I was putting in my 10,000 hours and the Olympians put in their 10,000 hours. And so I just thought, you know what, I've got to perfect my skill. I've got to get better. I've got to work on it. And I just kept working and working on my writing um, and studying and reading and connecting with people who are better than me and learning. And then it finally happened with, um, with a manuscript that I sent, my agent sent out to HarperCollins and they were like, yes. And, and John Marsden was the first one to read White Ninja and he endorsed the book, which was a fantastic full circle of life because mm, wow. he was the first person to inspire me. So, you know, it, it's been wonderful. It was straight down to the dojo for party pies that night, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> Red cordial. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see that. Totally oh, see that. Had your dad making you come back the next day to clean it up with little masking oh. tape on your hands, you know, <laughs> fluff, fluff on, fluff off, fluff off. I know. I know. I'm hanging on to that image. It works for me. Uh. <laughs> you know, I think it's really important to stress to people that you know, it doesn't happen overnight, that there's no, there's lots of kids come up to me now and they say, oh, you've worked on TV, you know, how did it happen? Did someone just call you up? 
I was like, no, it, it was many, many years. And I didn't just get on television. I was an expert in Taekwondo hmm. and you know, I, I won a, a role where I was using combat experience. So you have to become an expert in a field. Mm. And, and, and this concept now with social media of just wanting to be famous mm. for nothing. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. with Instagram no, itself. I'm the wrong age range for, for that to well, jump. You know, they've got, they've got to work on their expertise. And I'm seeing a lack of that in schools now where it's just they're hungry for fame but not to put in the hard work. Mm. I'm just sort of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm joining the dots here and sort of wondering, you know, if you hadn't have got onto television, like if you, for instance, if your parents didn't own uh, a martial arts business, mm. would you have gone into martial arts? I don't think so. I was also a ballerina. So um, I studied ballet concurrently <laughs> with Taekwondo, which my dad hated. Yeah. And my ballet teacher hated because <laughs> I, w- I had turnout for Taekwondo, which was bad. And in ballet, I was muscling up a bit too much for the boys to lift <laughs> me. So I had to give one away, which was ballet. But um, I think I would have, yeah, I would have always found dance and would have loved that. You could, have, en- think- you could have ended up in television with So You Think You Can Kick oh. Butt. <laughs> <laughs> but if I look at your life, Tiff, you know, and I see what you do now and um, – for me, personal transformation is something that really resonates with me and, and helping people who mm. have given up, helping people change, make good decisions. And you do that. I see that with the way the work you're doing with children. Hearing you talk about that, you know, you, you've had some turning points where you've made choices in your life that have, have ultimately led to where you are now. Has transformation been something that's been in the fabric of your life always for yourself? Yeah, very important. And I mean, I think it comes back to my martial arts training that we're always evolving to the next rank. You know, you go from white belt to yellow belt. And then once you reach black belt, it's never ending self mastery. You go through the Dan system. And now I'm a fifth Dan, I'm going for my sixth Dan. And it's this concept of training and changing for life. And, and I I think it's always important to set those goals. And with my different belt levels, I would set goals and it's just always been a part of my life and, and very important. And I feel like I will go through multiple transformations still. And, you know, you've, you've mentioned your mentors there with the writing and you mentioned the break, getting the break with the publishing. Mm. Um, surely, you know, obviously even in the health and fitness um, aspects of your career, you know, to, to get on TV shows and to get, to get the opportunities that you've had. Yeah. Um, there's, there's not so much, you know, one big lucky break, but obviously many, many, many breaks. So what would be, you know, uh, one of the biggest mistakes you've ever made? Biggest, biggest tiff stuff ups. Biggest. Oh, (laughs) there's a few. Um, we've got time. (laughs) Yeah. Biggest stuff ups. I think, Becoming a bit too media, <laughs> um, going for months sometimes without writing and chasing the wrong thing, um, getting caught up in that media world and forgetting at times what I was really wanting to do, which was the writing. And, um, you know, that TV world can be quite toxic. Um, and that was one of the reasons I left. I just was like, oh, I can't do this. Um, and I, I find that writing is so much healthier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
mentally and and spiritually in a way, um, and there's more growth there. Mm. So I, I think concentrating on the wrong um, people is as successful as well. Um, seeing people with money and um, I guess fame as being more successful than you know those with bestsellers, and <laughs> I, I got a bit caught up. I think. There's been a real a real theme um, in some of the things you've shared with us about how you have um, adjusted the people that you would hang out with because you realised that 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 wasn't helping in life. You know, for example, yeah. you know the toxicity you talked about in the TV world, um, how you needed to have different communities in the literary world, mm-hmm. um, and these seem to be to be messages that also exist for kids in schools. You know, yeah. What what What's your golden nugget, do you think? Is it, some, is it somewhere in there or is it something else that you'd give to someone who's at an earlier stage of wanting to be a writer or even a, a, a Taekwondo fifth dan TV star? <laughs> Gosh, I think, I think I would say the harder you work, the luckier you get. I really do believe that and not to give up and to really monitor your mental hygiene. I always think, junk in, junk out, um, you know, watching junky TV, what, reading junky magazines, hanging out with, you know, really toxic and negative people, it all filters into your creativity and what you bring to the world and so um, I, I'm very careful of who I hang out with now and who I surround myself with and, and the influences on my life. So I think if I was, I, I wish that someone had of told me when I was younger just to really monitor that and not to care so much what people think. I've always been very self-conscious and a little bit shy and, and you know, it doesn't matter. Just follow your passion and, and be authentic. You get one life and one shot and, and to give it your all. Mm. Yeah, my, my, my father used to say those that mind don't matter and uh, those that matter, matter don't mind. Yeah, don't mind. You, you, earlier on, you're mentioning about the discipline and the app, your application to the cause. So when you're you're writing a book, you know, really being focused on it. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you go about doing that? Is that a case of you know, sit down right now, Tiff, and the muse will appear? No, <laughs> I wish. No, it's not forced. I mean, it's like any project. There's a period of time where there's outlining and, um, you know, you're outlining scenes and you're brainstorming and those days are brainstorming days and then you you filter into the, the periods of time where it's sit down and you're hitting word counts a day and then you go into editing phases. So, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a long project, a book of 100,000 words or however long the commissioned um, work is and... Um, yeah, and I, I outline my goals day to day and I always start like keeping myself healthy is priority as well um, because the healthier I am, the better my creativity. So I start the day with a run every morning and sort of that, that's something, that's a time where I focus my mind and I, I, the endorphins get going, all the happy hormones, come home, shower, and then I'll do three-hour blocks usually, um, snacks and, you know, in between, <laughs> just like a school day, really, until five or six, and then I'll go and do taekwondo classes at night. So it works well. Awesome, awesome. Mm. So and and uh, so obviously it's project management 
but yeah, of of a, of a literary work. It's a business, and a lot of people are like, oh, you know, do you have to get emotional about it? Like, it's not. It's it's a job, and I have. You know, I've got editors. You're not alone in a room with a blank page. I have fantastic support network within my publisher. So um, you're bouncing ideas off people all the time. You're crying out for help when you feel blocked. And um, you're workshopping it. And, and it's a small little business. I approach the books as a small little business. So um, you're never alone. And, and it's not emotional. I have to get the job done. And, of course, there's inspiration and there's moments where I'm up really late writing or I wake up like I did this morning. I was up at four because I had an idea. I was dreaming something. Yeah. And there's a little bit of that in me as well. But day to day, really, I, I sit down and treat it like a job. I take it very seriously. Well, I think that's a very rational approach. And <laughs> A sensible one. Tiff, I can't believe it, but we're out of time already. Oh, no. Uh, we're going to have to just have you back on the show, I think. Yes, uh, please. And uh, because, you know, I've, got, I've just had so much fun. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm just thinking about that red cordial. and Yeah. <laughs> Parents would hate me because I would G the kids up so much with the ninja stuff, the games, and then I'd feed them red cordial and they were bouncing <laughs> off the walls by the time they got And then the parents would come and pick them up and they'd go, wah! Yeah, just go like, crazy in the car park. Brothers and sisters, <laughs> yeah. like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, look, thanks so much for coming on the show. And um, Stu, anything to add? Oh, look, thank you, Tiff. Um, I, I've been discussing with my wife about um, the prospects of having our son, who's eight, start doing some mm-hmm. martial arts, and I think you've sold me on it. I'm going to oh, stop oh. him before he starts cleaning cordial off the carpet. Yes. But... No, not that you've the <laughs> Thank you so much. I really thank appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, look, we're, we're going to keep talking with you, so we can, we can put some little extra highlights on our website. Um, of course, uh, all of you at home, check out Tiff's latest book, Black Warrior, which is uh, out and the now. the first two. Sorry? Yes, and uh, the first two. Yeah, White Ninja and Red Samurai. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, check, check out all three and, um, and then you too will know what it's like to be a ninja and have ninja on your business card. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to keep talking with Tiff so you can listen to those highlights. Uh, makeabigtraining.com for all of you at home in the car wherever you are thanks for joining us Uh, we hope the insights that tips provide us will help you on your journey and uh, do leave your comments on the website and access a heap of other resources designed specifically to help you to make it big in life career and business this has been Careers Unplugged with Rich and Stu Careers Unplugged, proudly sponsored by the Master of Me coaching program, helping you succeed in life, career, and business. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.